Hello everyone and welcome once again to The Phantom Zone, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy. If you like what we hear today, you can listen to our other episodes on a whole range of nerdy topics now on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and now on SoundCloud. My name is Chris Buick and I'm joined once again by my friend and fellow nerd, Toby. How are you, Toby? I'm good, my friend. Good, good. But I am also joined, after what seems like a lifetime ago, Ian, it is so good to have you back. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm back. I'm back, back, baby. Um, yeah, I'm great. I'm good. I'm happy to be back in the land of nerdom, as we are in our phantom zone, in our little crystal floating through space. Um, yeah, it's great to be back. And I've been enjoying listening from afar, judging and your opinion. <laughs> judging. <laughs> Ian sends us extensive notes every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're wrong. Unique choice. Unique choice that direction. Probably wouldn't yeah. have gone that way. Wouldn't yeah. have gone that way. Wouldn't have gone but broadly bad, I would have said. Broadly bad. <laughs> your, joke, your joke was funny, but it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's been great. Uh, I unfortunately have, the only one I haven't listened to is the uh, Spider-Verse, because we only saw that on Friday, and I didn't want to get any spoilers or anything like that. There, Wise so decision. Wise decision oh my god it was so good though it was now so you good. are enlightened in ways of across the spider-verse i'm you? gonna go back like all of you listeners should do even if you've listened to it listen to it again you know the dulcet tones of these two every week just listen to that one over and over again and you'll have a great time it's a great film as well so you mm-hmm. know any, mm-hmm. any excuse and it's yeah just, uh, I, it's actually <laughs> generally with no exaggeration it might be in my top 10 films ever already yes. like I, uh, it's so good it's like yeah. fucking amazing yeah well, I, I think we were saying that see how beyond comes out and this could just be one of the top trilogies of all time oh yeah 110 percent. i think so like uh my favorite moment because i think you guys would would have said that in uh the the podcast i haven't listened but i'm assuming or, or at least if you haven't you're gonna get some notes on it but um, if not, if, Toby, if not we'll record it and put it in <laughs> yeah we'll have to re-record yeah, yeah. Re-record. um i think we were talking about this afterwards there's so many great bits in it and they do such a great job i actually just think like the choice of like art style throughout all of it is like outstanding mm-hmm. like with gwen and being watercolors the influence of like actual comic book artists that worked on spider gwen being a part of that or at least influencing it um i think it's just like stunning film like it's just so good i loved it, it really so is. much mm-hmm. yeah it is they've just re-released new versions in some cinemas as well because apparently there were some issues with dialogue being too quiet right uh, i was gonna ask yeah, you some guys, volume issues weren't they yeah yeah did you have volume issues with the beginning when she's not playing at the drums not, not at, all. at all well i, I couldn't did hear it at all i did but as anyone who's listened to the podcast might know i moved seat because of some dickhead decided to sit next to me with his phone playing music what yeah i know so i got up and walked down to the very front row so i didn't really have any issues after that but i would have yeah, hit him with his phone it was quite quiet <laughs> i was tempted because i was i was saying i was sitting above the stairs you know that ledge mm. you know as it comes up why would and you do that so i was tempted to just grab his yeah. phone and chuck it off the ledge why would you fucking do that what yeah, just people getting their shit. phones out in general just assholes yeah, yeah. just fucking get... nothing That's... nothing can be that important and if it is you no. shouldn't be probably going to see a film no i agree and it's and there's something with going to the cinema that like you're meant to turn things off you're meant to immerse yourself like i was talking to s- someone yesterday uh who was a big fan of films we were at a friend's birthday party i plugged the podcast don't worry guys every single human being i spoke to i was like we've got a podcast we've got a podcast listen <laughs> um but I feel like we all do that now <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do. 
I legitimately do. Yeah, know. I got podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> somebody asked me, somebody went, oh, what's it ranked? I was like... Mm. I do a podcast. It's, yeah. it, 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 it is one of the podcasts. Of yeah, you know, it's yeah. definitely there. You if know, you if Google you podcast, you might find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was saying that he got to see 2001 in the cinema, uh, a space nice. odyssey, that is. And um, he, he was saying, like, it's a total different experience because when you're sat watching it, there is kind of slow, quiet parts that, because of the nature of our society that we live in now, you do get distracted. We live in a society. We live in a society. Uh, You do get distracted by stuff. But when you're in a cinema, you are just like immersed in that experience. And it's the same when I saw Blade Runner. I was very fortunate to see that for the first time I did see it was in cinema back in the 70s. I was there. And it was, (laughs) it is just crazy when you see films of that nature that want to pull you in, like Dune as well. You want to watch that. You, just put your phone away like fuck yeah. man like what well, you miss you? you miss so much of like the ambiance and the, the atmosphere like just the yeah. the, the the white noise mm. in mm-hmm. the area like mm-hmm. especially when you're in like dune or something like that and there's so much like scenic landscape and then you got the music blaring and some of the the music choices that Hans Zimmer did in dune was just inspiring mm-hmm. like, yeah, and just you get overwhelmed by the music. And I think mm-hmm. that's sometimes an issue with some of the, the Nolan films where, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> where the, the, yeah. the music quality outdoes everything else in the film. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. Agree. <laughs> Could not and agree I, more. I've now finally caught up and saw Tenet and I can see where all the oh, criticisms are. So where the music just completely bad. outdoes <laughs> anything else in it. So you, you're just totally overwhelmed by it and you can't focus on what's going on in an already incoherent, Pattern. Ian's so it, been back five minutes. We've already brought Nolan up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know my audience. I know my target audience. This, the same guy I spoke to yesterday. Really nice guy. Very nice. But he really liked Nolan, and I was just like, "Oh, we're not. We're not going to be friends. We're never going to be friends." <laughs> so, um, no, no, not at all. I, I'm. So, I even though the recent Barbie trailer, because we God, we've been so away for so long. There's been so many things that's happened. The recent Barbie trailer didn't fill me with like massive enthusiasm. It kind of looked like a film that should have come out maybe ten years ago because it has that sort of like fish out of water. I know Will, what's his face is in it, who plays Elf, and but it kind of feels like Elf that recent trailer where it's like we gotta get Barbie back into the world yeah. and like they yeah. have Matrix reference as well, which I just yeah. feels a bit overdone chris and i said it referenced or it looked very similar to say the lego movie movie. yep 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 yep. yeah i'd see like and with that it's like i'm still way more excited for barbie than i am for oppenheimer like (laughs) way more excited the oppenheimer trailer was one of the most dull sipid trailers that i've seen in ages and the dialogue in it is so rubbish nobody talks like the way they do in that film and he wants it to be like no it's so realistic it's like nobody talks like this this isn't realistic do you think on the military base where they were testing the bomb they were like we've got to defeat the evil out there it's like nobody talks like that nobody talks like that shut up shut your mouth christopher nolan anyway uh, <laughs> But Tina isn't like we're working through them, and I will say, like we're we're building up to our special Nolan off podcast. So Simone and I are watching through them, and you guys would find it hilarious us watching Nolan's films because after they finish, we either go into a very heated argument immediately afterwards, or it's just silence and we won't talk about the film. And it's just like, okay, yeah, do you want dinner now? Are we cooking? And that's it. And we'll move, and we don't acknowledge that we've just watched. <laughs> Sounds like a comfortable home life. <laughs> 
Just with Nolan, though. I, I, honestly, can't wait for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's going to be great. Cannot wait for that one. We uh, we will have that episode very it's soon. Scared to I be hope. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be soon. It's going, going, to, soon. going to be ahead of Oppenheimer, so probably in the next month or so. Um, but we are here today in honor of the upcoming, highly anticipated DCU release of the Flash movie, which comes out next week, me, me, me. which we are all getting together for, which is Huge. very exciting. Yeah, that's going to be great too. We're do- are we doing a live podcast as well? There are- well, not in the cinema. We'll probably do it after. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the guys in the <laughs> Just talking about how much we hate people on phones. We're bringing a whole recording equipment in there. Sorry, guys. We're just setting up. I hope Sorry, this doesn't worry. inconvenience anybody. Sorry, guys. Don't we, worry. We have, a, we, have a, we have a podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> we have a podcast. Here's, here's our business card. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no. just a card I've drawn by hand. No, we'll do it, we'll, we'll do it after. We will do it straight after. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we thought it would be good this week to talk about the comic which I guess inspires mm-hmm. The Flash and has been portrayed in some other media as well, mm-hmm. Flash-related media, and a comic that has since its release been pivotal in establishing a brand new DC canon with the New 52 and become something of an important, I guess, classic, even though it only came out in 2011. But um, we are, of course, talking about Flashpoint, which, you know, is quite a quite an essential comic, I think, in terms of DC's canon now going forward yeah right? very much so so obviously we've got the new 52 and all the new stories and it's kind of a reset button which kind of ties into the dcu um film you know which is in dire need of a reset button let's be honest um <laughs> so you know hopefully i don't know what you mean it's the greatest uh, <laughs> franchise of all time <laughs> james gunn is the worst person of all hails jack zack snyder that's how, they, <laughs> that's how they do it right um but um before we do that, we do have some nerd news, obviously. Um, first and foremost, Captain America 4, which was originally called New World Order, for some reason is now called Brave New World. Um, I don't, doesn't seem to be a reason <laughs> for it. <laughs> the, your response is exactly what mine was after I read that. I was just like, uh, okay, like, okay, sh- sure, okay. I don't Why? know. I don't know if New World Order maybe sounds too aggressive. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> you know? maybe they're mean, New World maybe, Order. Maybe, Maybe they were being sued by the Hulk Hogan franchise. I was just about to say, I literally was about to say, that's what I think of when I hear New World. Kevin Nash, the yeah. other one. I can't remember the other one. Yeah, we forget the other one. I yeah. don't even. I didn't even watch wrestling, and I knew that that's what that was. And I was like, maybe they're having to change it because I think Shawn Michaels was in the New World Order at some point. Classic Shawn Michaels. I love Shawn Michaels. Gotta love a bit. But yeah, so um, they've, they've renamed it. So yeah, strange, right? Yeah, it's a random one. It's a random one. And it, it doesn't really change. I mean, unless we, it changes the... It tells us nothing extra yeah. about this film. I was going to say, it doesn't no. really change a great deal. Do, uh, uh, Toby, yes. maybe you can... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Ask the question. It's been a while. <laughs> it's, I'm off. I'm completely off. <laughs> oh, God. Um, is this like, of either of those a title for a comic at all? Do you remember? Do you know? Like, if the, I can't off the top of my head think of a Captain America. No, I, not that I can think of off the top of my head. And no. all I can think of, whenever I hear the Brave, it's kind of been overrated by Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah That's yeah. kind of in the forefront. So I don't know whether or not they changed it a little bit to be like, well, maybe we'll, uh, we'll write off some of that coattail as well. We'll, we'll try and maybe. get on some of that Brave action. Brave new. Reading, Brave New World, is it? Reading is uh, this article on Tech, Tech Radar, there was a Secret Empire Brave New World, which included um, Captain America, not okay. but the Steve Rogers 
uh, incarnation, not, not Sam Wilson, replaced okay. by a twisted version of himself who ends up being the secret leader of Hydra. Oh, so, yeah. Is that what yeah. that comic's called? I, mate, I, I have read that I thought that, that was comic. just called Secret Empire. Yeah, uh, well, I, I just thought it was called Nazi Captain America. That's <laughs> literally all I thought it was called. Catch like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I guess that kind of makes sense if they're going to lead into Secret Invasion whilst it's a different storyline. I guess maybe mm. you can... Because the MCU just takes titles and tweaks it as much as they want because Age of Ultron had nothing to do other than Ultron being in it with what the Age of Ultron comic book was about. Shame, because the comic book's not bad. I actually quite like it. Yeah, it's a good comic. Well, you've got Wilson, you've got potentially Bucky, but um, Harrison Ford now is Thunderbolt Ross, isn't he? He is. And behind scene photographs, they've taken away, or he's either refused to, or he hasn't had the mustache put on yet. Which I think is kind of oh, a, like a key aspect of Thunderbolt Ross yeah. is that old In sneaky fact, tash of his. I swear his Red Hulk has the tash. Yeah, well, yeah. He, originally he did, yeah. But I That's think they, one of they, the best yeah. things. <laughs> what I also love about him having that big tash is that, if my memory serves me correctly, is that we didn't know who the Red Hulk was for a little bit. And he had this big tash, and I was like, it's clearly Thunderbolt. <laughs> <laughs> like, what other character has a giant mustache like that? Um, so it's got Sebastian Stan. Also does um, Bucky in there. Yeah, yeah Liv Sharon Tyler. Carter, yeah. Samuel oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're bringing her back, aren't they? Liv Eddie Tyler. Ross is back. Yeah. Who's Liv Tyler? Who's she playing? She was, Betty um, Ross. She was in Hulk. As yeah, Betty, Betty Ross. Ross was Edward Norton. Oh, yeah. oh that's Arrowen from Lord of the Rings. So then, so even though it's called Brave New World, it's probably not going to have like a Hydra slash Nazi Captain America. That'll be a bit, that'll be random, I guess. Like because I guess the only person they could kind of do that with is Bucky, but we already know that he was brainwashed. So well, unless they bring back um, Cap, like the original Cap, the OG Chris Evans, that would or, be wild. Uh, or even you've got um, what's his name, US Agent. Sort of come oh, back yeah, in. Yeah, he well, yeah, he probably will be in it, right? Like because yeah. he's gonna be in the Thunderbolts film, isn't he? He's gonna be yeah. there. Which comes out straight after this. Yeah. Okay, then the, I think they'll link together. I think yeah. that's the only thing that I've got from this is that this will link to that. But the name change I think there's some people online when I saw it who were like, Oh god, they're being I don't I don't get how I'm gonna become political here, unfortunately, sadly. I don't get how He's people... back, everyone. I'm back. <laughs> I don't get how people make things political though. Because this doesn't seem like a political thing to me. It just seems like <laughs> he a... says making it political. But he, but do you get what I mean? Like it just seems like a title change. Whereas people have been like, oh, they're changing it because of like PCism and wokeism. And I'm like, what was not woke and what is woke about these Pe- two titles? People just I like to get it these days. It's just yeah. like people it, it, like to be annoyed for no yeah, reason. Yeah, and plus everyone's got the platform to be able to do it. You know, we've got three guys doing a podcast talking about nerdy stuff. I'm There's bloody lot... outraged. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's other assholes out there who just want to start picking fights and just yeah. being about nothing because they've got nothing else going on. It's true. But they have a platform to vo- vocalize their opinions. It's true. I'm having a look and like it doesn't seem like, just looking at what they said in terms of why they changed it, it doesn't look like there's anything like grand about it. No. Oh, boring news, Chris. That was terrible. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. Brave, sorry. Brave New World, I think, ro- rolls off the tongue a little bit better than Captain America New World Order. I just wanted to talk about the MCU for five minutes, is all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how it's really, like, tailed off. Yeah. Do we think this is going to be good? That's actually a better question. Do we think well, this is going to be good? It if comes it's anything straight... like the, the TV show, probably. Yeah. Not. It comes mm. straight after the Marvels, which 
you know, I'm still on the fence about it. And then mm. right before Thunderbolt switch again, I'm still... The MCU's, apart from Guardians 3, which, you know, we, we went over and said, we, like, but it doesn't really tie into the MCU as a whole. So yeah. it kind of is the only one in a long time that we've gone, oh, yeah, actually quite enjoyed that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. No, I agree. And this new one, New World Order, like... Um, Brave New no, World. Brave New World. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Brave New World. I think I do prefer the old one. I'm just going to say. Like, New World Order, Brave New World just reminds me of um, the book. The book. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep thinking about the book. Now, if it turns out they're doing a spin on the book. Oh, that'd, Camps- be, that'd be incredible. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty wild. Um, if no one's read Brave New World, by the way, you absolutely should. It's yeah, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's a mental book. Absolutely insane. And it would be crazy to see that in the MCU. That would be mad. But New World Order, like, I feel like probably did tell us probably something about what's going to come. Whereas Brave New World almost sounds more optimistic, I guess. I think New World Order is quite ominous. And with the Thunderbolts coming afterwards, I think the the impression I was getting was this was going to be quite dark. Whereas with Brave New World, it does have this sort of optimism Although the book is incredibly dark as well, so mm. there's that in my mind. I don't know. Like, I'm not optimistic. This does the, the t- title of the change. The title of the change. The change of the title does not make me feel like more optimistic no. about this. No, film, I feel my so. my only thoughts on this film is I hope it does well for Anthony Mackie's sake because I know he's had a lot since he took on the Captain America mantle. Because yeah. people are terrible. People because are scummy. Sometimes some reason people. people have a problem. You know, because but, people. Uh, awful are massively people. racist pieces of crap and yeah. fuck those people. If and you're I one ho- of those people, I really hope it smashes it for his sake. Please. Stop yeah, listening true. to this podcast. Agree. I don't want you. I don't yeah, want you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't want you. <laughs> yeah, don't want you on this podcast. Fuck off. Otherwise, <laughs> welcome. Um... <laughs> Get in here if you. Yeah, sit down. So, moving uh, franchises to another big one, Toby. This is obviously we're, we're all massive fans, but I know Toby is super excited whenever we mention the, the, the word "star" and "wars" together. Not uh, even if it's next to each other, just yeah, in the same just sentence. in the same sentence. Yeah. It could be a hundred <laughs> words apart. Did you say Star Wars? <laughs> um, but apparently, Idris Elba will is yes. reportedly going to be a villain in an upcoming Star Wars project, probably the Ray movie, which is yep. coming out with Daisy Ridley coming back. So Idris Elba. Yeah. I mean, it'll be that's a good uh, good catch for the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars, like Marvel, they've always managed to get great actors and character mm. actors to portray whatever they want in the films. It's just the writing that always, and the, the story development that just kind of... Shits the bed, really. <laughs> so it's it's never that they've not had a, a great source of amazing talent. It's just they've squandered it every time they've had it. So I feel like this is a great opportunity for Daisy Ridley to be able to come back out on top and actually get some good feedback on her input into the films. Because I always thought she was solid. It's just the films that she was in Did you? were not I don't brilliant. Think, I don't think she's that good of an actress, unfortunately. Well, Ian, you like to be the contrarian. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say, well, Ian, you're a sexist pig, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, I'll, I'll save that for next time. Which, which yeah. we have established on the podcast before. Yeah, so yeah, we, actually, there is canon for that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I, I, I don't think she's bad. It's just, I do think she... She got way too much flack just because she was in a badly written film. Yeah, of course. Like they're just not good films. Like, and she's fine. 
Like yeah. she's well, that, that's that's what Chris and I said before. Where it's she's never really been. None of the actors were the issue. Yeah, they're, they're fine. They're they were fine. just squandered with what material that they had, and they did the best they could with I what mean, they had. I mean, John I mean, Boyega was the the, yeah. the, oh, the primary man. culprit for. He, he is an outstanding actor. He's as well. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But even Adam Driver made Adam, Adam Driver look bad. And Adam yeah, Driver's Adam a great Driver's actor. actor. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. seen Marriage Story? You yeah, cannot argue he is not a great actor. But John Boyega, yeah, that those films kind of were a bit of a black hole for acting ability mm. <laughs> yeah generally mm. and daisy ridley was also in um that what was that film with tom holland was it chaos well Walking? i was gonna say that's which bad. wasn't yeah but i feel yeah. like and she's bad in that unfortunately she, i feel she's making poor choices potentially whoever's her agent as I is tom holland like, by the way yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, right. i i respect tom holland has said he's stepping away from acting i guess that's a bit of nerd news as well that happened yes he is yeah um but he's stepping away which i kind of respect it's not great for his mental health and it's also like he's been in a lot of projects which haven't been i guess good i think we all agree that he's been in some pretty dire stuff and i think it's probably a good choice to be like you know what i'm gonna take a step away take stock and then come back and be refreshed and try something yeah. new. I mean, that's well, totally I think fair. Chaos Walking was one of those films that was kind of in development hell for a long time. And it, it was actually made before um, a lot of the Spider-Man and Star Wars content. Mm. And it, they re- it took a long time for them to release it. And it, it sort of just released after they'd come more into the public eye. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a bad film that, got the light of day just because they were topical and popular at the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't good credit for them that's fair because it didn't no one looked good in that because you had mad mickelson's and a whole bunch of other people who no one really looked good in that it, it was mm. a bit of a tarnish for everybody involved yeah yeah i i get you i agree with that and i think yeah i i do think whoever daisy ridley's agent is i think they need to maybe she needs to get a better one maybe or like because i don't think she's terrible it's just Mm. a lot of the time what you find is like actors will sign contracts with studios and then they have to make x amount of films yeah like Um, sony or whatever yeah yeah, and that's why you had the fantastic abomination that is cats because there are so many people (laughs) i love that film it's it's amazing like it but it is terrible but i love it you know ian mckellen licking himself in a scene i'm just like idris elba was in that maybe he was maybe he'll bring back that villainous yeah, McCavity. <laughs> uh, when he jumped out of scenes going McCavity. um but like there a lot of the people who were in that not everybody but like a lot of the people who were in that film it's because they were signed on for x amount of films per studio and they had to have an obligation to complete those films so yeah. a lot of the time you'll find like somebody like daisy ridley is probably signed on to do perhaps star wars because she wanted to be in that and then has had to do x amount of films that she didn't want to do or at least it's just a part of the contractual obligation um so i think and that's what an agent's for you know an agent's Mm. meant to try and make those deals better for you and ensure that you're on a in a better contract Uh, and it doesn't feel like she's been in a lot of stuff that i'm like yeah i mean it can work both ways because you look at when robert Downey jr was probably signed on as iron man and they probably gave him a six picture deal you know that could yeah, be, I, that could that could have been bad yeah but it turned out to be really good i guess him. the difference there is that like although i think doolittle was one of those films mm, so i think yeah. like he had a contractual film to be in some like in um I the think marvel films he's he's produced with his wife 
did he? Well, yeah, I think that was him and his me. wife that produced that because Tom <laughs> like, Holland's in that as well. He wasn't think... contractually obliged to do that accent, though. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that might have just been one of his poor choices. Yeah. So I guess with the the Disney with the Marvel stuff, though, I think there's a di- that's a different style contract, isn't it? Like if you're signing a contract and it says you're going to be in six MCU films, yeah. I think. I mean, you are right. Probably at that stage when it was. It's the all first Disney Iron now, isn't it? Because Star yeah. Wars is Disney. So Idris Elba, he was part of the MCU. They've probably mm-hmm. got him involved somehow. And they said, well, Heimdall's dead or he's in the afterlife. Yeah, whatever he's doing. Yeah. Whatever it is. So you've got We've some got time to do though, some other floating. stuff now. Exactly. Yeah. Sun's floating head. You know, yeah. Like, so they probably thought, oh, you know, we'll get Idris Elba in. And mm-hmm. But he's a great actor. Great actor. And he, great actor. he does have a tendency to elevate the poor source material he's in. Mm-hmm. So even when it's a relatively crap film. He's still entertaining and still quite good in it. Yeah, love, love Andrew Elba. So you know, if Agreed. you're going to be in Star Wars, I'm all for it. Yeah, good I'm all for that. I, th- yeah. I think that's good. So our last bit in our news is also another kind of confirmed, kind of still out there rumor about who's going to be playing, uh, who's going to be directing rather the DCU Batman movie, Brave and the Bold, and apparently it's going to be Flash director. Andy Muschietti, who also obviously did it's it chapters one and two, mm-hmm. um, for the DCU Batman, not as opposed to the Matt Reeves Batman and all the other Batman that are still out there that we have to keep track <laughs> of. But, the um, DCEU's Batman. Yes, yes. You know, there, there was room a long time ago when like the CW TV shows were on and Gotham and things like that, and they were saying, "Why is Batman in none of these projects?" And so, oh, well, the the common thread from Warner Brothers was always that. Oh, we didn't want too many Batman on different shows and things because we were worried that there was going to be an issue with continuity and people That's being out of focus. And I was like, well, look at you now, DC. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's gone really well. We've just gone completely the other way now. Yeah. <laughs> Did another Batman? Batman? Get him in. Get him in. <laughs> I just had this idea of like an audition room full of guys dressed as Batman. <laughs> 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 And a like, clown car Batman. Good news, you all got the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Even you, Greg. Even you, Greg. Classic Greg. Yay! <laughs> I do think though they could do something with that. Like obviously we've had across the Spider Verse, which has been great with that. But one of my favorite ones uh, of Batman comics in recent years. It's trippy as hell, and I think uh, Toby, you like it as well. We may have discussed it before, but it's when Batman dies and he goes through time. And he oh, meets yeah. him, and there's pirate Batman and there's like caveman Batman. Yeah. And I'm like, I love that. Like, let's do random crap like that. That'd be great. Like, yeah. that's actually just before all this stuff. Uh, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Final crisis. Final crisis. Unlike the other crisis. Yeah. Crisis. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of crises. <laughs> It's okay, it's the final one, maybe. Anyway, yeah, I have not seen any film that this guy's directed. You, you haven't seen, seen it? Oh, you don't like, no, you wouldn't watch it, would you? No, you're not, I, you're not I, into that kind of stuff. fucking hate clowns. Like, I, I like... <laughs> oh, yeah! I like horror films. You know this, Toby. You've, I you've, know, it's just opened up the floodgates of all my memories of me just taking the mickey out of you. Yeah, and <laughs> you saying you're going to come into work dressed yeah! as a clown. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder um, why you left work before. Was it? Just yeah. I don't know why we're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I like horror films. I'm a big fan of horror films. But um, in fact, we were talking yesterday. But my, I think my favorite Kubrick film is probably The Shining. Like, I think that is an outstanding film. I mean, all his films are great, but I, I really like horror films. But I really fucking hate clowns. 
Like they really just don't, I just don't get them. Like my my niece had a clown at her birthday party when she was like what eight or something, and I was just like, what the why would but clowns fun- are they shouldn't they just weird the whole yeah, but why concept. does any grown adult <laughs> want to dress up like a fucking clown and go to kids parties you don't know my this... life Ian. you don't know my life <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it's everyone's just got an escapism <laughs> i just don't like it it really makes me feel very unsettled and i'd and it was like literally do you want to see your worst nightmare here it is in front of you right it, now it, yeah. it, it, it as a film is pretty you know scary yeah <laughs> even if you are fine to a degree with clients, but good God, if you're not, it's not the film for you. It really <laughs> just, isn't. Just don't do it. They're, good, they're two great films. I thought um, he also did uh, Mama. Have you ever seen the Mama? They did, did Mama. The, yeah, yeah. Original yeah, seen that, um, Argentinian one, and then they, they remade it in mm. 2013 with uh, the fellow who played Jamie Lannister and... Um, oh. oh, I forget her name now. Nicolai Costa Wilder. Yes, that's yeah. the one. And Jessica Chastain. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Chastain. Thank you. Thank you. I'm assuming that was IMDb. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm literally. <laughs> right now. But the, that was that was. I've really seen the film. Oh well, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Then. That's a great film and very sinister. Yes, mm. it is good. Yeah, it is good. Well, you probably you probably be okay with Mama. Yeah. To be honest. No, yeah. No, I, I will probably watch that. Actually, it does look interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that he's predominantly. I mean, we're we're going to see the Flash next week. We're going to be in our group group chat. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting he's only really done horror films. Like Yeah. And it's interesting not that many films either. Yeah, it's only this well, is his you, fifth that's it. Film. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, as a director. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. He's only ever done horror. So I'm interested to see what the flash is gonna be like. But if that's true, perhaps that means James Gunn and the rest of the gang really like the flash. Maybe they're yeah. like, this is actually really good. Well, that was something I was going to say because it was quite—it's quite bold to before the Raven Flash the has bold, come perhaps. out. Well, yeah, mm. but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but before the film even comes out, to go straight to announcing how good he is to have in a new mm. DC project because it, it, the general public reaction hasn't come out about this. I know everyone's relatively hopeful, mm-hmm. but. There's been some mixed messages from the reviews. Some people mm, say it's really, yeah. really good. Other people seem to be really quite polarizing about it. It's not very good at all. The third act sort of falls apart and all this, that, and the other. I, so, don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind when reviews are polarizing because it says... Oh, I thought that, you were going to say, I don't mind when a film's really bad at the end. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the good times at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just shows, you know, different taste for different people you know but yeah. um like so I, I'm, I'm hoping we i'm hoping we fall on the the, the better half obviously yeah, yeah so. i don't mind like polarism like i think you know even though i don't really like christopher nolan's films i think it is a good thing that people <laughs> shut up i do i think it's a good thing that people talk about his films and it causes people to go out and watch films right so yeah. if it's if it's polarizing and people are seeing films that's still a good thing right because people yeah are you just don't want people to go to the cinema and go and see yeah. these kind of yeah. films because you don't want just everyone never to get love made. everything yeah yeah because otherwise every, if everyone just agrees on everything then yeah, it's where's the spice of life exactly, exactly. who are we going to argue with on this podcast exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. but yeah, I, I, th- I think it's quite interesting i mean mm-hmm. i'm more interested to know what the premise of the film is Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before we know mm. necessarily the director because 
Well, Dep- from James Gunn's own lips, you're you're best friends with oh, James yeah, Gunn. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know he's, he's kept me in the dark on a lot. He does, he, he wow. feels that I spill the beans too often. Uh, you, you do. You James. do often come in this podcast and tell us everything he said to you. Exactly. <laughs> from uh, but lips. apparently, this is about his actual son, Damian Wayne. Uh, okay. I thought you could say actual, James Gunn's James Gunn's actual son yeah <laughs> Batman's actual son uh, based on uh, Grant Morrison's comic book run of The Brave and the Bold which is also an animated TV series as well which is great um, okay. yeah so James Gunn said that Damian Wayne is his favourite Robin he's a little assassin who Batman tries to get in line and so this is the story of two of them and the beginning of a sort of Bat family in the DC interesting because that's got a lot of the League of Shadows in and yes. With having sort of more of a horror esque director, we might get more of a actual proper adaptation of the League of Assassins or the League mm. of Shadows. What well, technically the League of Assassins, because League of Shadows is the Christopher Nolan edit. Mm. But the uh, the League of Assassins, Assassins, there's a lot of mysticism and magic and dark arts and things. So having a bit more horror inclination mm. might end up getting a far better representation. So I'm kind of actually all in on that now. That sounds really good. Mm, that does sound good. You've sold so, it to me, Toby. I'm I'm, I'm on that board oh for that. Yeah. As well. That does sound good. You can uh, tell James Gunn that we're on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give him the pass. I'll be like, yeah, that's okay. it. That's it. it. Nice one, James. Cheers. It's an interesting choice, and I that makes me optimistic for the Flash as well. That's all. Yes, I, think. I guess it makes me feel positive. Seeing how we are this time next week will maybe change our minds. Could or, you imagine? <laughs> this <laughs> was shit. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> what the fuck was that? The sad thing is I'm actually kind of expecting that. I'm hopeful oh, for the no. best, but I'm really expecting we, the worst. We're going up and down on this podcast in terms of this film. We've, we're up, we're down. I am looking forward to it. I, I think Positive I've said vibes. for a long time, that they should do this. So yeah. I'm optimistic that they've listened to me. <laughs> and I, and this is all Ian's fault, everyone. <laughs> I remember what? Toby and I in our office essentially planned this film. And like we did. We, we did. We did. So I am like, they listened to us and I want this film to be good. To be honest, we we actually kind of plotted out this entire course direction on how we think that the DCU should sort of fix itself. We did, starting yeah. with Flashpoint or Flash, yeah, the then moving into just starting with the brand new slate and taking this direction, that direction. Yeah. So clearly, the old Felder House office has was uh, clearly <laughs> bugged, bugged by writers of Warner Brothers. <laughs> by James Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this is secret, James, and you've taken it to Warner Brothers. <laughs> but no, I, I, I hope it's good because I do think this is a good way to mm. fix what we've been going through. So yes, it does yeah. make me optimistic. Yep. Well, we are here for the main event today, which is to talk about Flashpoint, um, which is, like we said before, quite a big name now in comics since 2011 when it came out, has reset the comic canon for the DC Universe with the New 52. Yep. Um, written by uh, Jeff Johns and you know illustrated by Andy Kubert, it's... It's one of those now that has been an inspiration for quite a bit of media. Obviously, it's been in, been referenced in the TV series, CW1, yep. and then Flashpoint Paradox as well. And yep. then obviously will be referenced or heavily influences the upcoming Flash movie. So obviously in Flashpoint, for anyone who hasn't had the chance to read it and absolutely should, Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, wakes up to discover he's in an altered timeline in which he is, in fact, not the Flash or has any of the Flash's powers. His mother, who 
is deceased in his own timeline, is actually alive in this one, is, and the Justice League doesn't exist, Superman doesn't exist, Atlantis is at war with the Amazons, Aquaman versus Wonder Woman, and yeah, there's a lot going on in this in this uh, story that is short comic, essentially, <laughs> that basically opens up worlds and hits a massive, massive reset button for the universe, but not before yeah. a lot of crazy stuff happens. So we've all read or reread it this week back update what do we think of this comic as a whole in terms of i guess how it tells its story how its characters are portrayed and also i guess kind of like the legacy it kind of leaves leading into the new 52 and what it does for that um yeah i think it's a i think it's a fantastic storyline i think jeff johns he this is off the back of a phenomenal uh, Green Lantern run. Mm-hmm. He's uh, his Green Lantern run up into Brightest Day and Blackest Night are some of the best mm. Green Lantern stories since Grant Morrison's uh, run on uh, Green Lantern. I think he takes Hal Jordan, who kind of had a, a, a long arc of just kind of flip flopping on different fences in the comic books and having a, a really polarizing storyline with him becoming parallax and destroying uh, uh, i think it's central city and or coast city um he was sort of in oh, a bad yeah, place that was and mad wasn't it yeah was, and yeah. the he didn't really have a great deal to do and he was kind of sort of forgotten about a little bit and you had carl gardner who was sort of taking more of the or uh, sort of the for, forefront as the green lantern so it was kind of putting your central green lantern right back in the sort of center stage and that mm. that was fantastic so jeff john's running into this he kind of broadened the scope uh for the wider dcu or <laughs> dcu the dc uh, <laughs> universe and uh it sort of the, i feel like this is kind of the new get out of jail free card for dc canon and it's been sort of used uh, across the board where you can get someone with a certain particular power because they kind of did it with days of future past in sort of the marvel line with kitty pride being able to go back in time and change things you've now got the flash who can run fast enough to go back in time to correct certain things and it will change the entire universe and what i quite liked about this was it wasn't an alternate universe it was the current canon universe with the like a pivotal point mm. completely changed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it wasn't just oh this is a parallel universe it's no it's the universe that everybody knows and loves but it's drastically changed because of an event that barry allen um instigates i think mm-hmm. it's really really quite bold for a storyline mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no i i i think i agree with that i think the story in itself is um quite uh What's the word? Well, bold is a good word, but it is quite like um, they go for something quite unique because you do think it's like, ah, uh, you know, the reverse flash has fucked everything up again, like classic reverse flash. And then it's like, no, it's not. It's Barry Allen's fucked everything up again. Um, although actually, I kind of guess it's a reverse flash's fault in the first place for killing his mum. But then I guess, you know, he shouldn't go back in time. But I agree with Toby that like, you know, the the, the story itself and what they're trying to do is quite like ambitious that's the right word it's a very ambitious thing to try and do like it's like dc has always had these like really crazy over the top sort of like as we joked crisis of the infinite earths final crisis crisis over here and a crisis over there like they do these quite large outlandish 
events but flashpoint feels quite contained in a in a way because it is in this short run of a comic but a lot of yeah. shit happens in a very short time and it's very ambitious to have achieved that mm. why i went when we started why i was like is because i do really like it but i feel the execution at some points isn't as good as it could be because i felt like by the fourth or fifth time where i had a reveal of a character that i know from the original dc timeline but has changed in some way and it's like this isn't the wonder woman you fucking know this is a different kind of woman i kind of was like i I get it i get it we're in a different timeline (laughs) i've got it i've completely got it but other than that i actually think it's a very well written story and it's actually for how short it is because it isn't that long of a comic it's only like what a hundred and something pages but like it does really good character development for the main characters we follow which is Mm. obviously the flash and the batman in that universe there are some others bobbing around but like those are the two main ones that we carry on with um i felt that they did a really good job following those uh those two yeah and I, i think more than anything is whilst the story itself was unique and i agree with you in that there are very much like the ha i'm wonder woman but i'm actually evil ha i'm aquaman i'm actually evil yeah um there were a lot of moments like that but i i think this i think the the thing about this this graphic novel Mm -hmm. is whilst the story itself is important to a degree it's more the ramifications of what this comic means moving forward because i think the the overall ambition as ian quite rightly said of the multiverse scenario in DC kind of got crazy to the point where <laughs> it, it was it was very hard to wrangle, and mm. there were so many canon line storylines going on, mm-hmm. and everyone sort of lost the plot. And DC was kind of all over the place. And I think what they did with that was that's the the premise of this was Jeff Johns kind of just took the reins of DC because after uh, Flashpoint, he then sort of uh, co-wrote and led the the storylines on the Justice League storylines going mm-hmm. forward. Um, and a lot of the, there was a, a Trinity and the Pandora effect and a lot of different sort of through lines that Jeff John was responsible for. He kind of just took over with DC. And I think this was taking that multiverse and condensing it down to 52 worlds mm. was quite ambition in itself because it, it kind of put the borders around the DC universe that they desperately needed. Mm-hmm. And 52 worlds, are still a lot of different variants, Did, but no, carry, carry on. I, have I was just going to say, it just, it just made the whole sort of premise a lot more manageable. And I think that was quite a a unique and ambitious um, through line. And I think that's something that they haven't really had since or before. Mm. It was kind of just kept broadening the scope, broadening the scope, broadening the scope, while this tried to condense it and make it a little bit neater and a bit more accessible to new readers in particular as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's what I was going to ask when you were saying before or after. Like, do you feel, because the New 52, I like, I remember picking up the New 52 and being you know, quite into that at the time um, because I was at university and um, I had obviously read comics quite a bit. Weirdly, one of the first comic books I read was Hellboy, which was very strange. Like, I, I it's more of an obscure one that people get into, but like, I really liked Hellboy when I was a kid. But when I was at u- uni, I got into reading, like, there was a comic book shop in York called Traveling Man, which is still there and it's an amazing comic book store. And I remember picking up the new 52 when I was there because I was like, you know what? I've always read like more independent uh, comic books um, and always been edgy and different and cool. But then I decided (laughs) to get into like the mainstream and DC's new 52 was the way I did that. And then I worked backwards and read lots of stuff. But new 52 people don't remember as fondly. 
Like they no. don't like the new Fifty Two, and like well, there's there's certain things with the new Fifty Two that were super super popular, like Batman's iterations. Yeah, Batman's were, great. Mm-hmm. Were hugely hugely popular with Scott Snyder writing that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a very popular one. There were super um supergirl and the suicide squad were quite popular although suicide squad had sort of a tumultuous sort of sales mm-hmm. potential i think the the problem was it started off really strong mm. but then focuses went on elsewhere across the dcu and i think people fans that is couldn't coalesce with the new storylines they were giving in because a lot of the flack that they they got quite early on was they tried to take very different approaches with a lot of the characters. So, for example, um, and it, it, a lot of it had to do with sort of the visuals. You know, Superman was less in his sort of spandex, and they tried to modernize him and put him in more of a Kryptonian suit of armor. Mm-hmm. And it, it, no it, pants. it sorry, no, no pants yeah, no pants. And they removed the pants from Superman and Batman, and. It was things like that they got a lot of flack for. And Grant Morrison had a really great uh, storyline with young Superman, sort of his mm. first foray into moving to Metropolis and things. And they changed a few things. And rather than him having the Superman outfit straight away, he and he couldn't fly in his first sort of out, uh, outgoings into Metropolis. He was mm. very much the, the early man Superman where he would leap buildings in a single bound. bound. bound yeah. And he had the T-shirt jeans and then he's like a, a makeshift cape he made himself. And people just seem to went crazy that they hated that because, oh, that's not Superman. That's not what he's supposed to be like. Mm. And that was the whole point of the New 52 is they took things that worked, but then they wanted to tweak it and make it a new universe that was accessible to everybody. But it seemed that they seemed that they kept having to fight the traditionalists who couldn't let go of the past iterations of these characters. Mm. And very much like the movies where it seems to be that they're on this tight wire or um, knife's edge where they can't quite balance keeping the old fans happy and trying to appeal to new fans. Yeah, I guess these are your point. It's the same with remaking anything like TV shows, films, you know, those kind of things. When these things get remade, there seems to always be uh, an inclination to try and cater to both newcomers and the diehards. And generally what you end up with is something muddied in between and i think with the new 52 had a lot of um good ideas and good potential it Mm. kind of then started getting bogged down by the same thing and i'm i'm someone of the opinion that if something gets remade yeah it can be like oh why are you remaking it but the other thing still exists so if i want to i can watch it or i can read it and i don't have to worry that this is gonna it doesn't erase that from existence in any way yeah, and, uh, and in comic books you give it a few years and it'll be gone like, yeah well, exactly. it, it did because everything got yeah exactly because everything got reset in dc rebirth mm-hmm. and they did exactly what the traditionalists want they brought so much of the older elements back mm-hmm. um even you know because uh, the whole premise of this is uh, barry allen's the one and only flash at the time mm-hmm. and wally west kind of got erased from continuity Classic and wally. the whole thing was dc rebirth was wally west was the big anomaly and the big it's like i think if anything else is this graphic novel sort of showed how important the the flashes were Mm. to sort of dc canon and their sort of impact to the universes Mm. but it kind of also made them the linchpin to reset whenever they fancied which is helpful and i mean also i think with rebirth 
the the rebirth was linked to uh, Doomsday Clock, wasn't it? With yes, the, with yes, the, yes, bu- yes. the button. Uh, which yeah. I do, I do like the button. I think that is a good comic. Actually, I think that's not bad. Doomsday Clock, uh, less so. I don't think that's as as good. Like it's a bit messy. Um, but and, and I also, I'm not sure. I like Watchmen being that close to the DC continuity. Yeah. Well, that that seemed weird. to be the focus for Jeff Johns because um, yeah, the the and I I think that's kind of where the new Fifty Two kind of went off the rails as he was working on this the three jokers arc and then at the same time he was working on trying to get the watchman into the dc canon um so it, it kind of took his focus and i get he was also working on the justice league mm. so i think he he kind of took his eye off the ball because he had his focus on multiple other projects and he was producer wasn't he on the exactly DC yeah and i i don't want to be horrible because like those films have problems that aren't his fault like i'm not like what the hell are you doing jeff johns but like I don't know. I feel like too many, too many hands in too many pots, maybe, or he was yeah. doing too much and spinning too many plates, or another allegory. All, all the metaphors, Pokemon. yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, he definitely always, yeah, I agree. Like, it, sem- it seemed like Watchmen was a big thing for him, um, which I get. We all love Watchmen, but maybe you didn't need to do that. You know what I mean? Maybe just leave leave Watchmen where it was. But back to, I guess, Flashpoint and it leading into the new Fifty Two. I think. I don't know. Like, I I did like the new Fifty Two. I think I agree with you. People definitely slagged off the new Fifty Two more than it needed to be. Um, yeah. Rebirth's been pretty fun. Like, it was not bad, but I like I did like some of the stuff in the new Fifty Two. Mm. I think what Flashpoint, the comic, is really good at, and I think unfortunately it doesn't stick the landing with the new 52 is that I felt like DC had an opportunity to really clean everything yeah. up, as you said. And they had a real opportunity to clean everything up and they did a really good job with Flashpoint. And then they the new fifty two just kind of made things a bit more complicated again. And then Yeah. Well that was rebirth the thing, did they... the same Sorry, thing. No, yeah, all I was gonna say is like they should have just stopped make like these events and just like did did Flashpoint and then just stopped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because the new fifty two, the the biggest thing was that they wanted a, a clean slate, but they also want wanted to keep all the characters. So you had Batman, who the idea was everyone was supposed to be slightly younger starting in the DCU. Uh, sorry, the, the the New 52. Was that the Justice League were newly forged and they were all much younger versions of themselves. So they weren't like Batman was still sort of uh, a, a, the the grumpy old Gus that we always know. But he's a younger Batman in his, in his heyday. Mm. But he's still got the entire extended Bat family. Mm-hmm. So it, it was trying to get people's head around how he could only have been active for X amount of time, but he's also had Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, yeah, n- not only be Robin, but die, come back as the Red Hood. Then you've got Tim Drake and Damien still and kicking Damien's around. Well, yeah. And you've got Batgirl, Spoiler, Huntress, all that still active. And how how does that fit in this very narrow window? So they, yeah. they kind of wanted to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, And I think that Which was I the hardest thing. Which I was an unreasonable saying. If you do have a cake, you want to eat it, right? No, but it means that after you've eaten your cake, you can't also have cake. Well, let's say that then, because like... <laughs> that's what the saying is. <laughs> no, but you're saying have a cake and eat it too. It's like... Or as Files Morales would say, just make two cakes. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the saying should be you can't have eaten a cake and then eat a second cake. 
I love an episode of us doing this where we just go through old sayings. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> no, I, oh shit. <laughs> I learned this the other day that the saying, a master, uh, a jack of all trades and a master, master of, none, of none, has a second line to it. Did you Which know is? that? Which so is? it's a, a jack of all trades and a master of none is oftentimes better than a master of one. There you go then. There you go. And I learned that by listening to Brave in the Elements, another great podcast, which you should go listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) no, I, I, it is, it felt like the new 52 was trying to have eaten a cake and then eat a second cake. Because they, they tried. <laughs> and then there's a third cake there, just to look at. 52 cakes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They tried to eat 52 cakes. Because they, they definitely did, like, try. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but it's like the same thing with Superman as well, isn't it? It's him being young. I think it's similar to fucking when the Spider-Man was all fucked up as well. Yes. When- I was actually going to say that this was, this is kind of a very similar aspect to uh, brand new day yeah. oh, after uh, the civil war sort of era where Such a bad you had Mephisto reset spike, but it was the, the difficult thing with that one as well was that it was Mephisto resetting just Spider-Man's continuity. So the and rest of the Marvel no universe reason. was going on. For no reason. That's still well, it's unclear why he wanted to do that. Well, they were, they were doing it to reset it to save Aunt May because the ramifications of what happened was we're going into a totally different comic book storyline here, but I'm going to do it because <laughs> I've started. No, but, I want to. Let's do it. Uh, well, Flashman, uh, let's get it. After Spider-Man had revealed his identity in Civil War, yes. Kingpin then hired um, a hitman to kill Spider-Man yes. because they were hiding out, but he hit Aunt May. So Aunt May was on death's door. Spider Man then <laughs> Hit goes. Me. Literally, he punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I missed that. He sniped at Peter Parker, missed Peter Parker, hit Aunt May yeah, with yeah. a bullet from a sniper gun. <laughs> she was at death's door, and he was a semantic bastard. <laughs> and uh, um, Peter Parker went on a vengeance streak, beat yes. the crap out of Kingpin. Classic. And. Uh, Aunt May was literally at death's door and all the while Mephesto was hiding in sort of plain sight sort of goading and talking to Peter Parker eating popcorn exactly (laughs) you're going to do it you're going to do it as as this little red-headed girl in a coat and um, turns out that was the future representation of what um, Mary Jane and Peter Parker's child was going to be Mayday Parker um, which in this like deal with the devil where he'll save Aunt May um, and reset his identity for everybody so no one would remember that Peter Parker was Spider-Man at the sacrifice of not only Peter Parker and Mary Jane's marriage, so it never existed and they're not together anymore, which also had the the ramifications of Mayday never being born. Mm-hmm. And then it reset but the sort my- of Spider-Man continuity within the current Marvel ongoing storyline. But my question is why? Like, other than the readers being like, you know, wanting to, you know, imagine themselves as a single Peter Parker, living the best life, yada, yada, yada. Why does Mephisto, as a character, want to give him that? What was what does it benefit Mephisto as well, I think a long, a long way down the line. Yeah, well, I, because I, this is what I want to know. I I've, I've genuinely don't know what's happened. Is I think, I can't remember fully, but I believe that Mayday Parker had some... Um, 
long running sort of history with Mephesto where she might have been the person to defeat him. Sorry, by history, I thought you meant they dated. <laughs> I was like, Maybe, wow, that's weird. You know, <laughs> it is comic books. It all goes crazy. It's true. It's true. But I, I think that okay, she had some right. in-universe importance that to would have, defeating him. Yeah. Plus, right. Mephesto is, I guess, yeah, the devil. So he's just a dick for being a dick's sake. Yeah, I know. But I, I am all, and that's very much a comic booky wave away yeah, explanation. But exactly, that, that is basically yeah. how they explained it away. It's like, yeah. oh, it's just Mephesto being Mephesto. Being classic Mephesto. Just so, what, exactly. so I guess what we're saying is, Flashpoint does a much better job of it. hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, well brought back, but yeah, like <laughs> Flashpoint does a much better job because, like, it's a very tight comic to do yes. what it does. Yeah, like you say, it's only a hundred and. 20 odd yeah, 30 odd pages like something like that yeah. and it does a lot in that time but it's it it's got some it all compellingly it, yeah and it's got some great emotional beats to it as well you know there's there's scenes with uh, Nora Allen and uh, Barry where you know he's he's realized that she's alive and mm-hmm. he's coming to that understanding that he's going to have to sacrifice her and oh yeah that's really sad yeah, yeah and it, really it's, sad. it's got some really emotional heavy hitting moments and the the end as well where you so the the, the new 52 is sort of reset and mm. or has been set up and bruce has got the letter from thomas wayne and that is that's heartbreaking i i i at the end loved the idea that it was like dear bruce i forgot i wanted to tell you i <laughs> left a sandwich in the fridge <laughs> <laughs> Make make sure it's binned. Yeah. <laughs> Love your you heartless bugger. <laughs> but like, yeah, obviously that's like a very emotional uh, part of the comic. Yeah. I think that's when Bruce is crying when he's read it. You yeah, know, it's, it's a very like emotionally hitting yeah. part. And I felt the bit with his his mum's fucking yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that fucked me I, up. I felt like it was a good character point for Bruce because obviously Batman's usually the hard stoic you know guy that nothing ever phases him but that's the one thing that he always that will always get him and that's it's just such a touch moment then obviously barry and his mom as he's running through time basically just coming to terms with the fact that he has to let her go and it's yeah it's Mm. just a it's very emotional very emotional in those moments but also really good in it's like action-packed moments obviously there's some great pages of action going on here yeah especially when you get towards the you know the climax with the war between aquaman and atlantis versus wonder woman and the amazons Uh, and scary yeah yeah so it's uh there's a lot goes on in this you know goes goes all around so plus um, it gives some characters uh more sort of background and tertiary characters, more sort of central limelight. You know, Cyborg is right up and center in this, taking mm-hmm. sort of a more of a leadership role. And he was always part of the Teen Titans and the the New 52 sort of took Cyborg and put him on the big leagues with the Justice League. Yeah. So it was, it was quite a nice sort of putting him more in the forefront, mm-hmm. and more in like a leadership role. Yeah, yeah that would, I did like Cyborg in this as well. And... um I think also the characters, even though they did do a lot of the, you think you know this character, well, you don't. This is yeah. uh, what they're like now. I think, obviously, a lot of people do resonate with them or at least like those alternative versions. One of my things that I always thought DC had over Marvel for a long time was the Elseworlds sort of like publications where you had like Red Sun, um, which is a really popular comic. Yeah. Um, which other ones do I really like? Uh, Batman Speeding Bullets, um, and then Justice League: The Nail, like, is another really good one. 
Um, but this, I think people like those sort of elsewhere's because we do explore um, Thomas Wayne Batman uh, further, don't we? There's more comic spin-offs. Yeah, he has he has a long sort of roundabout the time of, of Watchmen as well yeah. when he, they're being introduced, where yeah. Thomas Wayne has a very long arc, but becomes more of a villain. Classic. Which is odd. <laughs> I gotta stop saying classic. I've said it so many times this podcast. <laughs> classic Thomas Wayne. Yeah. I mean, it, there is. I think why I say classic because that is a thing they would do. It's like, oh yeah, he's become a because he is yeah. a villain. He's got red eyes, man. The second I saw him in this, <laughs> that I is was a like, clear indicator that you're a bad dude. Def- definitely yeah. a bad guy. Like, come on, come on. You know. Well, th- um, this is very much like the the dark world, isn't it? You know, where yes. everything went wrong. You know, Superman was captured rather than rescued and saved by Thomas and Martha, not Thomas and Martha Wayne. <laughs> well, that John is speeding bullets. That is speeding yeah. bullets. <laughs> but Martha and uh, Jonathan Kent, you know, so yeah. rather than being brought up in a loving home where he could appreciate Earth, he was literally treated as an alien experiment, locked away. Mm. And, you know, there's none of that hope that can necessarily inspire the rest of the world. Mm. and wonder woman it's scrawny and, and weird you know? exactly <laughs> and so th- this this is the this is like the community episode where uh they spin the dice or roll the dice and it's the, yeah. the, dark, the dark universe yeah. you know so everything that could have gone darkest wrong timeline. did go wrong and then um, this is the darkest timeline so everyone's a bit more of a jaded dick version of themselves in the normal universe mm. Mm. so batman being thomas wayne you know he's more i mean he's very willing to kill and he's uh, he's just the the real mean bastard. Yeah, yeah, and we love it. I'm into yeah. that. I'm totally into that. Did you did you enjoy it, Chris? I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Yes. Um, I think I basically agree with a lot of the things you guys said. Obviously, it's a it's a comic that does a lot, like we said, in the very short space of time. It's it does have interesting you know version different versions of the characters i do agree it's a bit you know like reeling them out one by one and going oh look here's another version that you didn't know and then it's like you like like you said you think you know them but you don't you're like okay right keep the story going a little bit um but yeah i i i thought it was great uh i, I really enjoyed reading it from start to finish and there's just some really good moments in this and i think because I don't have as much an understanding of these characters as you two do. Um, you guys being super... It's all right. Just call us losers. It's fine. Super, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. say, say super experts. You know, I you guys say you guys being fucking nerds. <laughs> so sad, you guys. Because <laughs> you've got nothing else. No, I, like, <laughs> um, but I do like getting to know these characters more and more. Like Ian, as you know, for example, um although I don't think he has as much uh, presence in this as I would like, because I'm really coming around to the the character a lot more these days is Superman. Um, yep. yeah, Toby and I were saying on a previous podcast that, you know, um, I didn't really understand the hype of Superman growing up or, you know, why, you know, the kind of love that you have for him. But now I can see it, I guess, more for that kind of eyes. And I can see that with other characters as well when you... Um, read things like this um just gives you up but it's still these characters still have the essence of themselves in there so you know yeah i agree actually it's interesting you mentioned superman just to quickly jump in with that like i liked that this superman wasn't just oh in the darkest timeline superman's evil because everybody just does that whereas this superman's still like himself he's just a really scrawny weird dude yeah yeah And and, and also thomas wayne 
obviously being Batman is quite the shift, but mm-hmm. he's clearly, you know, the father of Bruce and they have similarities and they're stubborn. They they only do what they want to do and they, it's their way of the highway again. You know, that's yeah. that's, that's that's Batman's way of, plus, way plus of working. It's, it's different grief. You know, it's a father yeah. that's lost his wife and his son at a more mature age. So yeah. you're going to come with a far more jaded approach than say yeah. a young boy who's like, I don't want anyone else to experience that. So I'm never going to kill anybody. I'm never going to yeah. hurt anybody. And it's, like the pa- it's the parallels like that, that are interesting where you yeah. can see that, you no, know, these it's still the essence of, you know, some people might be like, Oh, why would, why would Thomas Wayne dress up as Batman if Bruce Wayne did it? But you know, it's they, a cool look, man. It's yeah, cool. Shut up. Like <laughs> red contact lenses. But, yeah. um, but it's just, it, it's inherent to the fact that, you know, Bruce is Thomas's son and they you know there's they have that similar kind of personality you can see where Bruce comes from yeah. in that and I think it's a really good way of echoing. plus if you want to do the deep dive where Batman's in that in his um, in his manor office where he says father what what give me a, a sign and it's the bat that bursts through the window mm. so you, you could say that there's sort of the parallel sort of metaphors where the bat has always been sort of kind of linked to Thomas because it was that inspiration that kind of gave Batman the idea of Bat mm. gave Bruce the idea of Batman in the first place. Yeah. So you could say it's the same inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And Dude, I think shut up people. It's cool. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool. Um but what do we think obviously Barry Allen being the main obviously pivotal point in this whole thing, what do we think of Barry Allen and the Flash um, I guess representation in this. Yeah, I've always enjoyed the Flash, but he's never been one of my favorite DC heroes. He's always, I, I kind of have the same idea that I used to have with Superman, where he's so OP that what's the where's the risk? Because the Flash, I mean, he literally can reset universes now, so he's he's taken to a grander scale than ever before. But where this storyline sort of focuses on is the emotional beats that sort of drive him mm. and the ramifications of having this godlike power actually can fuck up everything and it's not just oh I can't I can I can go save my mum just because I want to. Yeah, okay, but that has absolutely huge catastrophic events on the rest of the world. So it's trying to have that dance around those just yeah. beyond cosmic powers mm. and just people's real world desires. Yeah, because that's what I, I, that, I guess that's part of what draws me to the Flash is we said it before. Like really, with Batman, for example, Batman is who Bruce really is, and Bruce Wayne is who he puts on as his persona. Whereas yeah. I feel like Barry Allen is Barry Allen. He just happens to be super the fast. Flash as well, he yeah. has he thinks like Barry Allen. He thinks like a young guy. He doesn't yeah. think like. Mm a superhero he's just thinking i have this power i could do this mm. but he doesn't think about it he, he's just thinking purely of heart and emotion and i think he's quintessentially barry allen in a costume as opposed to batman being yeah yeah exactly who that is um yeah. and, similar to superman as well and that's part and yeah in, in superman as well and quite a few heroes um so if we were to move 
you know, universes, Peter Parker is, you know, the kind of similar, he's Peter yes. Parker yeah. with superpowers, right? But yeah. that's part of Barry Allen's charm, part of why I like The Flash as a character is he's looking at it from a human point of view at all times rather than yeah. a super being point of view. And he, and, and as part of the Justice League, that's obviously crucial. Yeah, mm. well, you, you can kind of see the parallels where I think one of the, the, the biggest sort of draws in this is that that you can see that this is the darkest timeline because of the absence of heroes mm. but whilst there's superheroes or the superhero like super characters there's no one sort of truly heroic than others say other than maybe cyborg who's trying but you've not got the the big inspirational characters like superman you know he's been hidden away so there's not that real world level of hope and if you've got superman who's the symbol of hope You've got Barry Allen, who's very much the heart of the mm. Justice League. Mm-hmm. So, like you say, he he takes that um, sort of that more personal human route to try and inspire others. Because you, you can kind of see how he he gets through to Thomas through this. You know, he he appeals to the heart. You know, he appeals to. I love that line. That exactly. red line. That was great. You know, he appeals to his heart and how he can save his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really quite like the dynamic between. Barry and Thomas, to be honest, because there's quite a few bits and pieces where they're doing some investigation, and you can kind of see where Barry's um, criminal sort of investigative skills gel with Batman's quite well. Mm. So I thought they had quite a good dynamic through this, and they were quite a fun, unique pairing, because those two, as far as I can recall, don't really pair off that much. You kind of get Barry with the Green Lantern quite a bit or Cyborg or even um, Green Arrow more so because they're sort of more levity based characters than Batman so it's quite a good dynamic shift having those two paired up. Yeah I think it worked as well I think you know they they definitely had a good rapport on and they were well written I think they were as I said at the start I think they the two of them have the best character arc throughout all of this Mm. Mm -hmm. and they have the best payoffs obviously with the emotional moments that we were talking about with Barry's mum and Wayne and um, Bruce reading his dad's letter about the sandwich, like they, it's the it's the emotional <laughs> ride through that they have that those two really push the story. I think a lot of the ones around them, although fun, sometimes like I think Spider Man, oh, Spider Man, Sp- when Spider Man turned up, it was wild. Uh, but no, when, I mean, no one saw it coming. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, when Superman turns up. I I like that representation of Superman in the sense that he's not just like in the darkest timeline. Superman, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, because everybody just keeps writing that. Um, yeah. And I liked that Aquaman and Wonder Woman had that sort of war. That kind of makes sense too. There was a bit too much, as I said, about like the yeah. Oh, there's another character. Here's another one. The one that I found like probably the worst written and actually kind of annoying was Elemental Girl or Element Girl. Yeah, Element Woman. Yeah. Yeah, and I felt like that's not great because they had very few female characters in this. And the only one that actually was coming along with them was really fucking annoying. Yeah. I I just, and I was just like, Jeff, I like maybe Toby, you can clarify a bit more, but is Jeff Johns good at writing female characters. Cause like that just felt so like, what the hell is this? Like, why have we got this character there? If I'm honest, not really. Okay. That makes sense then. Come on, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, they're they're never particularly pivotal in many of his storylines. It's very much a male driven yeah. sort of through line. She was and, not great. Yeah, and I, I think, like you say, that's probably quite a good representation of where that weakness is. Yeah, yeah, 
I think it's a shame because, you know, you could have done something interesting, I guess. But then, like, the only other female character I guess we had was, uh, what's her face? The the witch. What's her name? Enchantress. <laughs> so important you can't even remember her name. Exactly, you know. And she just ends up being like, I don't even care who I'm fighting. I'm just, like, killing people. Woo! And I was like, what is going on there? <laughs> like, why, yeah. why are you doing that? So, like, it's a shame. And, you know, I liked... I felt like some, now that I'm talking about it, I felt like some strands of the story kind of like meandered a bit. Like They, just, they just kind of fell away a little bit. Yeah, like Lois Lane and also, what's his face? Um, Grifter? Chris. Cyborg? Chris. No, not why am I Chris Pine's Chris character. Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine's character. Oh, Steve Trevor. Steve Thank Trevor. you. <laughs> Chris Pine. Chris Pine's <laughs> <laughs> Chris when, in it. And you're like, James what? T. Kirk jumped in. It was <laughs> out of my mind. <laughs> But like their stories kind of just fell aside, and I kind of was like, "What? What's going on there?" And then you have the bit where the resistance turn up, and it's another like you think you know those characters, and it's a shame because I felt like that could have been interesting, and they kind of just yeah. like, and it became focused. But I guess that's due to the limited size of this comic. Hmm. You know, Flashpoint was as big as say, um, uh, what's the Final Crisis? To be honest, that was massive. Yeah, that was huge. But like, if it was as big as uh, Long Halloween, for example. Yeah. Um you would have had a very long like episodic comic book series mm. where each section would have been perhaps an exploration into the what's changed in the universe and then near the end you would have got to find out what happened and then you would have had clarity and us returning back to the world and then a, maybe a bit more of a introduction into new 52. Um Yeah. But because it's only five issues, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, quite, yeah. It's, it's it's quite very rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite rushed at points. But <clears throat> I think Bruce and well, not Bruce Thomas's and Barry's story is very good. Like yeah. they are like really pivotal, and they do a great job of like pushing their story through. Mm. And I think you know that's going to come across in I guess the adaptation we're going to get next yeah. week with the flash yeah. i think yeah. that's well, i think one of the true. strengths of that film is going to be where we've said that there's almost a bit too much in a certain amount of time with the graphic novel there's 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 so much for such a short graphic novel they're condensing a lot down and i mean basically eradicating a lot of the tertiary and side characters in this you know there, there very much seems to be no mention or hint of a resistance no. it very much seems to be the flashes which is unique that they've got two in this because it's just one barry in I'm in flashpoint <laughs> but then you've got the multiple batmen and then supergirl yeah so it seems like they're sort of really tightening it down to a certain select characters that mm. were important to the storyline it's also unique that they've gone for keaton's batman opposed to trying to do the thomas wayne route yeah that's true as well that's true like i guess it, that's an audience thing though to bring back someone that people know exactly, rather than introducing yeah. your character because you're already been trying to introduce them to flash and supergirl and have all this stuff going on to have a mm-hmm. new batman that isn't bruce wayne is now thomas wayne is already confusing enough of how many yeah. batman we've got floating around you know so yeah get another one in just also it's michael keaton so you know yeah, yeah. Get we all love michael keaton yeah well i guess so in order in, to wrap up with this one, which I think we've established, you know, there's a comic with highs and lows, does a lot of stuff really well, but obviously has some loose ends. It doesn't really tie up as well. I guess 
what do we think overall in terms of rating? Um, bear in mind that listeners do like our broadly scale. I have been told. So oh, great. Okay, yeah. I'm glad that's worked. Yeah. So nice. So um, feel free to use it. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna create a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, listeners. <laughs> Fuck you, listeners. No, I'd um, say broadly good. Broadly good. Yeah, I'd it's, say broadly, it's broadly just, good. Think, broadly good. Yeah. Is, broadly yeah. Good. I think yeah. the story itself is is good, and it's got some very excellent qualities. But I think it was more important about what it brought after, in terms of a universal scale side of things, and how it could. It was a. It was a. It was the platform more than anything for what was to come. So I think that that was kind of DC's. It was great that it, it had a good story, but I think it was more important to DC about how it was executed to create the new Fifty Two. Yeah. yeah, the the ends were the main, like, I guess, ambition for DC, right? To, exactly, to, to, which is why you can kind of justify why they, it was so much shorter. But they do it fairly elegantly. I would I would say that yes, this is broadly good and yeah, does what it, it needs broadly. to do. I think yeah. it is broadly good. I think with. Uh, particularly on the focus of Barry and uh, Bruce, I think they do a very good job of concluding that. So, broadly good. Broadly good. Four flash speed runs out of five. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Please please come out with a new new rating every week. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) Um, Four flash speed runs out of five. You heard it from Ian's lips. There you go. Um, It's a very good comic. We would recommend that you 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 go and read it if you haven't already, or reread it if you already have. Because or watch the animated movie because that's also very good. That is also very good. Flash Paradise. It's fine if you don't. That's okay. We're not going to hate you or anything. We're not. We're not. Totally right. Totally right. But we, we, I think that's all the time we have for this week. But we will be back next week for our thoughts on the Flash movie. Inspired by this very comic, so we are excited. Very exciting because we are more excited to see you guys rather than see this film. (laughs) I know, Uh, Ian. I've missed your Musk. Yes, I have. Chris, I am excited to. I have no Musk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Uh, I still don't know how this is going to go, but we'll we'll try our best. So, um, thank you both for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next week in the flesh. Anytime, it's always a pleasure to be here and back. Yes. Um, Thank you, obviously, as always, to you wonderful listeners that tune in every week. We do really, really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, you can catch all our other episodes and all kinds of nerdy things: Marvel, DC, Star Wars, everything everything we could possibly think of related to nerdom uh we're on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and soundcloud you can email us at the phantom zone podcast at gmail or find us at the phantom zone podcast on instagram and twitter um but for now goodbye from toby and ian goodbye Bye-bye. and goodbye from me until next time see you later bye <laughs>